the book of John in chapter 15. Uh, we've been in this I Am series uh, for a little while now. We've talked about all different types of things. We've talked about uh, Jesus saying, I am the bread of life. Uh, I am the good shepherd that, that leads and protects. I'm the gate that opens the way. I am the light that guides your path. I am the resurrection that you so desperately need. I'm the way, the truth, and the life that gives us a firm foundation. Uh, and this morning we are going to talk about the vine that makes fruit possible in our life. So the book of John in chapter 15 Jesus speaking, he says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. Now, he cuts off every branch of mine that does not, doesn't uh, produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and, and purified by the message that I've given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will, for apart, I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch, and it withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile, and they're burned. But if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great joy to my Father. This brings great joy to the Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my Father's commandments and and remain in his love, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Could anybody use some, like, overflowing joy this morning? This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way that I have loved you. There is no greater love than you to lay down one, for one to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command, I no longer call you slaves because, listen, a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends. Since I have told you everything that the Father told me, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my commandment. Love each other. If the world hates you, remember it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it, but you are no longer part of this world. I chose you to come out of the world so it hates you. Do, not, do you not remember what I told you? A slave is not greater than the master. Since they, since they persecuted me, naturally they will persecute you. And if they had listened to me, they would listen to you. Jesus tells us the story. He gives this illustration of a, a vine and, and a branch and, and, and this fruit. And he makes it very clear that, listen, like, if we are his true disciples, we are going to produce 
much fruit. So then it begins to beg the question, well, exactly what is the, the fruit that we're supposed to produce? And in the book of Galatians, Paul gives us a, a great uh, uh, look at what that is. In Galatians 5.22, it says this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. This is the fruit that is produced as the Holy Spirit is working inside of you. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. This fruit all of this is love, joy, peace, kindness. There is no law. So have you ever heard of someone saying, listen, man, you, you, you're just way too faithful. Like, stop being so faithful all the time. I mean, you're so kind. Will you stop with all the kindness, all that self-control? You're just way too self. I mean, like, I don't understand it. Stop it. Like, no, there's no law against it. And yet... When we come across these people sometimes that are demonstrating the fruit of walking with God, it leaves us a little bit suspicious. It leaves us like, man, why are they so happy? Like, why are they so patient? Like, if you are a parent uh, and, and you kind of have young kids and you've been around those other parents, and then you have, you have that parent that's just, they're so, they're just so kind and they're so, like, patient with their kids and you're like nah they're faking it like nah I've done and beat my kid by now like I don't know how they and so like you get really suspicious when you see people that are like man they've got some fruit in their life but like something's wrong there's just no way if my kid did that you know oftentimes we we have couples over to our house and um to have dinner with them. And so my kids, we just say, you got to come over to the house because there's no way we're taking our kids out in public. It's just way too early. When they're like 32, maybe, but right now is not the time. And so like they'll be running around and like there'll be a food fight and stuff. And me and Devin are just like, oh, yeah, it's okay. And as soon as they leave, oh, son, them girls are in for it. It happens every time. And, and it's just everything in me is just like, all right. Have you ever just like tried to be patient and you tell yourself, patience, 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 and it makes you more impatient? You're like, fruit of the Spirit, fruit of the Spirit, patience, love them, they're yours, love them, come on. And, and you're trying all this. We have, uh, I don't think that they're here this morning, but we have uh, these friends, Gary and Jill, that um, they are awesome friends. And one day me and Devin were talking to them, and somehow it kind of came up that apparently Gary is the best guy on the planet. I mean, Jill is talking about her husband like, man, he just helps me do laundry, and he helps do, and Devin's looking at me like, like, I don't believe it. I don't think Gary does all this. And, and so like, I'm, I'm like, so, and then Jill says this. He really, he does like 90% of the stuff. And so I'm like, oh, Mr. 90% over here. Like, come on, more like 60-40. Let's be real. I just don't believe it about you, Gary. You know? Like, no. I'm like, all right, we're getting T-shirts, Mr. 90%. Like, I just don't believe it. And, and like, it's the thing, though. Like, when you're confronted with people that have a lot of fruit, sometimes it just leaves you like, I'm not sure. And sometimes the reason why we're not sure is because sometimes it reveals our own deficiencies. Because if we can't be that person, there's no way they could be that person. Right? 
You you know, there's this story in the Bible of of David and Saul. And David, man, he is an awesome man of God. David, he he kills giants. David is the guy that there's not a man in this room that when we read the story of David, we're like, I want to be like David. You know, and, and yet Saul's king, and there's this moment where David's just kind of playing the harp. He's playing music for Saul, and all of a sudden he starts getting spears thrown at him. I'm like, what did he do? You know what he did? He was the man that Saul could never be. See, Saul looked at David, and he, he saw all of the fruit of the spirit, uh, of the anointing of God on his life, and, and this is the king that I will never be. So we started throwing spears at him. And, and, and you know what? The same thing was true with Jesus. All of the good and all of the amazing things that Jesus did, the Pharisees, they did everything they could to kill him. Why? Because Jesus was the leader that they would never be. Jesus was the one that was going to bring salvation to the people, and they were the ones that were trying to do it. They were like, oh, if you could just do this and follow all these laws and do exactly what. And Jesus was the answer, and they didn't like it. So what did they try to do? They tried to stone him time and time again. And and there's this this old quote, and maybe you've heard it before, and it's one of those quotes that I hate the quote, but yet on some levels, even this is kind of what Jesus says here, there's this quote that says, no good deed goes unpunished. Have you ever heard that? No good deed goes unpunished. And I've always kind of heard that. I'm like, ah, and I know what they mean by that. And, but here's the thing. Even Jesus makes it clear. When you're a person that begins to produce all this fruit in your life, uh, it's going to make people mad at you. The world is going to hate you. Remember, they, they persecuted me for this good that I did. And, and yet Jesus says, the world's going to hate you, but do it anyway. Love them anyway. This is... What I'm telling you. And if we're not careful, we could easily become jaded. We could, we could be reaching out and we could do all of these ministries and all of these things to try to help people. And only for it to come back with like negativity and anger and hate. And to the point where we're just like, well, I just I want to throw in the towel. I just don't want to do it anymore. Has anybody ever got to that place where you've, you've tried to help somebody time and time again? And it just feels like you're getting hit with, with just anger and hate. And, and it's just like... God, sometimes I just want to throw in the towel. And this week, um, there's a gentleman, I don't know if he's here this morning, he, he, he's been coming to church for a while now, and he's given his life to Christ, and he put this, he put this post on Facebook, and he said, I, I don't understand what it is. I have all of these friends that used to be my friends, but now because I've given my life to Christ, they're not my, they, they've disowned me. They don't, they don't want to be around me anymore. He's like, what's the deal? And I want to tell them, like, dude, man, because they're starting to see fruit in your life. They're starting to see peace and patience. And they're starting to see the things in you that they wish that they had. And and see, here's the thing about producing fruit. fruit. Fruit will do two things. One is it will attract. It will attract people. The the. Jesus says, listen, that others would see your good works and they would glorify God in heaven. See, and the fruit in our lives, this love, joy, peace, uh, patience, kindness, uh, all of it is an outworking of what we're connected to. All of this fruit is an outworking of the fact that we are connected to the vine. And without being connected to Jesus, we can't produce anything. If, 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 there's, if there's no connection to the vine, there's no fruit. 
It withers up. It dies. And, and so there's people that see this, and then the, the, the fruit catches people's attention. I mean, there's something in their life that I need. There's something in their life that they have that I want. I want to produce that. And so it's attractive to a lot of people. And all of it goes back to the glory of God. That this fruit that's producing, if there's any patience and kindness and love and joy that you see in me, it's only because I'm staying connected to the vine. It's only because I'm connected to Jesus. Because outside of him, I mean, I can't do anything except for just wither. And, and, and so it points back. And, and, and here's the thing. Like, we love to take pictures of the fruit. We love to take pictures of it. Like, there's not too many pictures of the root. But without the root, there's no fruit. And the second you disconnect, what was once attractive about you now becomes disattractive, if that's a word. <laughs> Close enough, y'all know what I mean. Put that in the dictionary. You want to know what it is to have a great marriage? Be rooted in Christ. Stay connected to Jesus. You want to know what it is to learn how to be patient? Stay connected to Jesus. You want to know how to raise good kids? Stay connected to Jesus. You want to know whatever? Stay connected to Jesus. Stay connected. And part of this being connected, he says, listen, I'm going to fill you with the joy, and this joy is going to overflow. This joy is going to overflow. Have you ever been around some people that, man, there's just, they're just so like, man, I don't know what it is about. You have to be a Christian because your joy is overflowing. There's just something about you. I remember uh, not long ago, there was uh, the UPS man came to my house and he was unloading this package and he was just, he was just smiling. And I thought, and I said something to him. I was like, listen, man, you, uh, you've got to be a Christian, aren't you? And he was like, yeah. He was like, yeah, I'm blessed. And I was like, I knew you were a Christian. You were smiling way too big not to be a Christian. I was like, you know what? Like, you get around those people. And here's what's amazing. Uh, there's, there's another couple in our church that they, they own the um, UPS store. And I'm talking to them, and it comes up. And it's like, yeah, we had this UPS guy came to the store the other day. And next thing you know, we're like, we're praying with him. And like, because you knew he was a Christian. Like, it was just something on him. There's just something that's attractive when we begin to show the fruit of Jesus. But then this fruit that begins to appear in our life from being, it, it does another thing. It doesn't just attract, but it also repels. See, people will begin to see this, and they, it, it will actually repel. They'll see the good works, and they're going to actually hate you. Like, I've been in some of these meetings Sometimes with, with people, and, and, and no matter what the topic is, uh, been in, whether it's in church or whether it's the business world or, or different high-impact leaders sometimes. And, and I get around some of, these, some of these guys, and I realize very quickly the attitude of the room and the temperature of where the meeting's going to go. Because oftentimes what will happen is, like, all of these guys and women, what we'll begin to do is we'll begin to make all these excuses on why we're not producing fruit. All of these reasons on why this didn't work out or, or why things went this way. And, and, and it always ends with us blaming someone else. Well, this didn't work well because of this, of what of this. And, 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 and oftentimes what we're doing is we're just trying to make excuses for our lack of fruit. And we want everyone else to pat us on the back and make us feel better uh, when the fact is maybe we've just become disconnected. 
And maybe there's no fruit in your life because we've been disconnected from Jesus. And we get upset at other people that are producing fruit, and we become the haters, and we point out everybody else's flaw, and we point the finger at everybody else. And you know, like, when you stand before Jesus, Jesus isn't going to be like, okay, like, you're on trial for what Joel Olstein did. No, it's you. Like, what's your part? What part do you play? And so you could blame other people all day long. But, but the Bible's very clear. Listen, this is the fruit that's demanded of us, that if you are my disciples, you are going to produce fruit. And it doesn't mean just like pointing the, the finger at other people and blaming other people. Like if anybody had the opportunity to do this, it would be Jesus. Because Jesus could have said like, God, you gave me these 12? I mean, seriously? I'm supposed to change the world with these boys? I mean, we got fishermen, we got tax collectors, we got a thief, we got Peter. He just sticks his foot in his mouth every five seconds. All of this stuff. If anybody could have complained about the team, it was Jesus. And not once did Jesus do it. Because Jesus knew, like, this was the job that God, that you've called me to do. And we want to be a people that bear fruit. And Jesus makes it very clear. It will be attractive to some. It will repel others. But you've got to do it anyway. And this is the fruit that I'm calling you to produce. And so then the question comes up, well, how? How do we produce this fruit? Here in this, just this short portion of Scripture, over eight times, Jesus says this, remain in me. Remain in my love. You want to know how you're going to be a person that produces fruit? Remain in him. Remain in his love. Well, how does that? And then Jesus tells us, well, obey my commandments. Love each other. It's that simple. And yet it's that incredibly hard. Have you ever just tried to just try to love people? People are annoying. People will get on your nerves. People will say and do the dumbest stuff. You have said and done the dumbest stuff. You know you have. And it was just like, okay, this is the command. Well, just love people. I'm just going to, I'm good. Jesus, I love you. I'm just going to love people. Yeah, good luck with that. And, and that's why Jesus tells us, listen, okay, you're going to need the Holy Spirit. <laughs> because without my spirit, you can't do it. Without being connected, without remaining in the vine, you might have like moments But if you're not connected, you're going to wither and die. And there's this, this, okay, God, I'm going to do it. Like, I remember, I think it was actually, it might have been a week ago or two weeks ago. And, you know, you want to be a person that produces fruit. As the pastor, you want to be patient. And so I leave church, and I pull out. And what do you know? There's someone going like 50 miles an hour in the fast lane. And I'm like, come on, over. There's two lanes, fast lane, not fast lane. Get in the not fast lane. And I'm just like, I'm about to beep them. I'm about to beep them. And then I realized, dude, this is Jonathan Seiler. It's Jonathan and Hannah. They're in the fast lane. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get them. I'm going to get them for this one. It's a good thing she's pregnant right now. They would have got all kinds of horn beeps. 
And like, and, and, and then I got home, and then Devin was like, "Hey, did you see that in the fast lane?" It was. I was like, "Yeah, I saw it," because she was driving too in her car. And we're like, "Lord, patience, patience, patience. Holy Spirit, come." And but man, it's hard. It's hard to love people sometimes. It's like you, you try to be patient, you try to be love and, and joy and peace and, and, and kindness and understanding, and then you show up at Walmart, and then someone tries to pay with a check. Stop doing that. They make these little things that you just slide. You just slide it, and then boom, you get to walk away. You don't have to write a check, and you don't have to drop the pen, and then your pen's out of ink, and you got to go find a pen. Stop writing checks at Walmart. Patience, 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 patience. So we need the Holy Spirit. We need him working in our lives. And Jesus models this for us because there's this moment where he's telling the disciples, and you could just kind of probably see it on his face. He's saying all this, and this is my commandment, that you would just love one another, in which they're like, oh, wait, hold on a second. We argue a lot. But, and, and Jesus says, do you remember what I told you? Because just a moment ago, he says, a slave is not greater than his master. So he's taken them back to what's happened just a little bit ago. And Jesus has actually sat them down. He's told them this story, and he's washed all of their feet. Like, do you not remember just a moment ago? You want to know how you're going to love people? I modeled it for you. I got down. And in just a few moments, Jesus is getting ready to face the cross. The most absolutely intense moment in all of human history. And what does he do? He washes the disciples' feet. And this is how you love one another. And, and, and here's the thing about washing feet. He washed all 12 of their feet. All of the disciples. And, and this would be the job for a slave. This would be the job for someone that was low in the house to do this thing. And so first of all, I, he washed the feet of John. Like, John is an awesome guy. When we read about John in the scriptures, John is easy to love. John is one of those guys that we find John just kind of resting on the breast of Jesus. We find John, John is a family man. When Jesus is on the cross, John is right there. He, he, says, he says, son, behold thy mother. Mother, behold thy son. Like, John is patient and kind. John is Allen. If you've ever been around Alan, he's just so cool. He's so patient. I come into work sometimes, and I just try to make him mad. It's impossible. <laughs> I steal stuff from his desk. I try to trip him in the hallway. He's just like, oh, Lucas, that's funny. Like, like man, I'm, like, I'm going to get you. I'm going to tick you off one of these days. Like, he's John. He's easy to love. Like, it's easy to wash his feet. And then Jesus washed the feet of Peter. Now, Peter's a little bit more difficult to love. Peter's the guy that he just says whatever he's thinking. Uh, as a matter of fact, at this moment, right before Jesus washes his feet, Peter tries to be like, no, no, Jesus, you can't wash my feet. And to which Jesus, well, if I don't wash your feet, you don't have a part of me. And so which Peter's like, well, okay, well, wash my feet and my arms and my head. And like, he's like booking a day spa. You know, I want... I'm going, like, Peter is two extremes. Peter's like, no, 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 you can't touch me. Okay, everything. Give me the cucumbers on the eyes. Give me the, the bathrobe. Like, Peter is extreme. Peter's like jumping out the boat and walking on the water. Peter's chopping off people's ears, and Jesus has to heal them. 
Peter's, constant, Peter's trying to rebuke Jesus. No, 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 Jesus, that's not what you meant. And then Jesus has to get on to him. Like, this is Peter. And I'm a Peter. I am. Like, I constantly do stupid stuff that Jesus has to put ears back on. Like, all the time. And like, you know, Peter and John were always together. And, and like, here's the thing about Peter, though. He, Peter can get on your nerves every once in a while. Peter, he can't. But you need some Peters in your life. Because remember, he is the one that got out the boat. He's the one that said, listen, I'm walking on this water. And it, listen, boys, y'all can too. Peter's the one that after the resurrection said, listen, he's alive. I've seen him. There's resurrection power right now. And you can live by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. He stands in front of the group and the 5,000 people come to know Christ because Peter said, you know what? Something needs to happen right here. So you need some Peters in your life. They can get on your nerves. That's right. Easy to love the Johns, a little bit harder to love the Peters. But here's the thing. Then Jesus washed the feet of Judas. He washed the feet of the very one that sold him out. He washed the very feet of the one that turned his back on him. And here's the thing about Judas. The thing about Judas is it's not just this random stab in the back from some random guy. Judas has walked with Jesus for years. Jesus, Judas has been there day in and day out for years. He's been a part of the team. Ju- J- Jesus loved Judas. And he washed his feet, knowing very well he was about to sell him out. The very one that's going to, for a few coins. And here is the point in which the fruit in our life really begins to shine. Because there's fruit when we wash the feet of John. The fruit becomes a little bit more obvious when we wash the feet of Peter. But the fruit becomes no more uh, obvious than when we love our enemies. When we love the very ones that we know are going to hurt us. And Jesus says this, and I loved every one of y'all all the way to the end. I love you to the end, even if you hurt me. And this is fruit. Because here's the thing. Whether you're John or a Peter or a Judas, at some point in all of our lives, we've been all three of them. And it's only by his blood. It's only by being staying connected to the vine that we can produce fruit. Because if we're disconnected, we wither. This has been a presentation of Coastal Vineyard Church, a community of faith, hope, and love. For more information on who we are and how you can support future podcasts, visit us on the web at www.coastalvineyard.org. Oh
to 